Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. I'm Sandra Winka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, folks, Indian Wells is back after a two-and-a-half-year hiatus. Tennis has returned to paradise as we are reminded that it is several times every single day that we are not there Uh, but we are in the next best place which is all in the same room together for the first time I think since Wimbledon yeah it's not quite as dramatic a stat as when we're able to say for the first time since before a global pandemic hit yeah before another year it's the first time in a while yes I think this might be the first time we've ever watched Indian Wells together I'm, I'm not sure um, but we're, we're, we're watching a replay of one of the matches from last night and it reminds me how visually attractive the, the stadium court is even when you forget the, the paradise of the, the mountain range but just the colours of the green surrounds and the purple court I mean there was a period where the ATP and the WTA had every Masters tournament in a purple court. That was a thing. And it, I think pretty much Indian Wells is the only one that's kept it. And it's, it's, it's great to look at. The only downer is that there's hardly anybody in the stadium. Yeah, and we think that might be because of the temperatures at this time of year. Obviously, the tournament is usually held in March. And it seems to be, climate-wise, a completely different kettle of fish uh, in October to what it is in March. The daytime temperatures currently are completely punishing and the, the courts just have pretty much no shade. Matt and I, <laughs> late last night after Matt was sort of eyes drooping after a 7am round of golf, was it, David? Oh, yeah. Mm. Six o'clock wake up. Yeah. yeah. Madness. It's brilliant. We'll get on to the result <laughs> of that in due course. Apart from, um, apart from the result. Um, well, I think I think that's already been revealed to David. Mm. Um, yes, Matt and I were watching Sloane Stevens against Heather Watson, which was low quality, wasn't it, Matt? It was, yeah, it was sort of intriguing because the scoreline was very dramatic. I will explain those noises <laughs> momentarily. <laughs> uh, but the quality of the tennis, I think, was heavily impacted by the fact that they were playing in the heat of the day and it just looked energy-sappingly hot yeah and both players 
seem to be affected by it, given the tennis we were watching. Um, Heather Watson won the first set and then really halfway through the second set really looked like she was struggling physically and then didn't seem to have much left for the third set. And that was an easy 6-1 win for Sloane Stevens, which, you know, turns out to be quite a decent win, given that we always say winning when you're not at your best is such an important quality. That was very much the case. Sloane Stevens was nowhere near her best yesterday. She's got a win. I think she plays Jessica Pagula mm. in the next round, which which will be interesting. Oh, that's a good match, yeah. Mm. They, they have already announced, incidentally, that the night session on Friday, and the night sessions are significantly cooler. The, the, the start of this night session that we're just watching from last night, the temperature flashed up is 26 degrees. Now, there's still nobody in the stands. Don't know why that is. Um, I'm sure, you know, there's quite a lot of journalists out in uh, Indian Wells questions you know if this continues will we being asked about the ticket sales whether it's um hesitancy to be in big crowds I don't know what attendance has been like at at sporting events in California since the resumption anyway I'm sure more light will be shed on the situation but uh Friday night is going to be a British double header of Emma Raducanu and Andy Murray and they announced that two nights in advance with a heavy push towards ticket sales so going to be very interesting to see um how full the stands are for that just to row back a little bit to the hint of a sound effect that you heard earlier billy jean is here much to our delight as is her best friend neville uh she's she's on a date right now <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah we're we're cramping her style so if you hear sort of the sounds of affectionate um horseplay my dad would call it um oh there we go there right it on is. cue um it is, oh there it is again it's it's billy jean and neville having fun times <laughs> it's also billy jean marking her territory i'm telling you uh, yeah she, she is she's quite literally top dog mm. yeah anyway they're just having a lovely conversation um so that's that <laughs> um do we start this podcast i mean there are there are various levels of sort of seriousness we can start with we can we can pick up on the announcement that we made actually at the start of the last podcast the announcement that there was going to be an investigation by the atp into alexander zverev should we just start there given that i've i've said that shall i yeah. pick up from from what we were unable to cover uh, in the last podcast but uh, the news broke moments after we finished recording and, and uh, I recorded uh, a little intro to the show just stating that the ATP had made this announcement, uh, that they had had uh, an independent safeguarding review um, and one of the suggestions it had made is that there should be an investigation into the allegations made against Alexander Zverev and the ATP has actioned that by announcing an internal investigation into the allegation made by Olya Sharipova against him at the Shanghai event in 2019 um, because that is alleged to have taken place at an ATP-sanctioned event and uh, it, it, involving an ATP-sanctioned tour hotel. Um, we have since had a response from Alexander Zverev, as reported by John Wertheim, 
He says, I have always been in full support of the creation of an ATP domestic violence policy. Moreover, I welcome the ATP investigation in the, into the matter and have been asking the ATP to initiate an independent investigation for months. As stated before, I categorically and unequivocally deny any of these allegations. We have obtained a primary, a preliminary rather injunction against the publisher and the journalist of the false allegations, which states the accusations are f- defamatory and false. Nevertheless, the publisher and the journalist are both in deliberate violation of this court order by refraining from taking down the reporting and continue to push the allegations on social media repeatedly. My lawyers have initiated further proceedings. Now, just to fact check a couple of the um, statements made within that statement, uh, John Wertheim reports that that what he filed or what Zverev's uh, lawyers filed was an injunction regarding the journalists uh, regarding the journalism involved in the allegations the injunction has nothing to do with the merits of the allegations he keeps stating that he's been exonerated by the courts that is not what those injunctions pertain to Um, the other thing uh, that needs fact-checking is he states that he's been wanting the ATP uh, to initiate an independent investigation I do think it's important to state that this isn't an independent investigation. It is an internal investigation. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it looks like. This is new. You know, it's well documented that that the ATP have never done anything like this before. We're yet to hear details about it. But there is a reason why, generally speaking, in society, institutions don't investigate themselves. The Independent Police Complaints Commission, for example independent is a very crucial part of that so i i I just think that's an important fact um to put out there um there's obviously been some been some follow-up to all of this he's been asked about it in press conferences um zverev matt i think reiterating in even stronger terms that he is pleased um that this investigation is taking place yeah and and just to say i think you know We've been calling for an investigation. Lots of people have been calling for an investigation. The fact there is one is a step in the right direction. You you have to question why it's taken so long. Um, And I think it's okay that we're asking for more transparency about what what the investigation is going to include. Who's doing it? What are they looking for? I think it's right that we're questioning the nature of this investigation. Um, as I said, it's good that it's being done because I think one thing it will do is allow or make media organisations who were nervous to even report on the allegations report that an official ATP investigation has been launched. I think it will spread the word a little bit more. So that's, mm. that is an important point, I think. But also, yeah... I would like more details about what this investigation is going to actually include. Um, In terms of Zverev's press conference this week, he was asked by Molly McElwee of The Telegraph what he thought about the upcoming investigation into the allegations, um, and he said he was pleased. He said, bloody finally. I've been asking them myself for months now. It's very hard for me, as you guys know, to clear my name, and only with something like this I can completely... I've been in court in Germany, which I won, the case against the author and the publications, which the author is ignoring right now, which I think will have a lot of consequences for him. I know the media is turning and twisting it as if it was a bad thing for me, 
but I'm actually quite happy about it because hopefully this subject will be done because other than that there's not much more I can do to clear my name. He was then asked by Bill Simons of Inside Tennis who said this is a real tough situation but in sports there's a lot of forgiveness. People like to see things change. Do you ever think it would be good for you and for your fans and for the sport to open up and directly tell everyone this was the nature of that relationship, this is what happened here and there and just be done with it, that matter in an open way? To which Verve said, to be honest, it's very difficult in my situation because a lot of the time the man is not really believed. I've proven that I'm innocent in a lot of different ways and I think now with this investigation which is finally happening, I hope that this can be done and dusted from a third individual party and we can then move on with everything else. To be very honest, Andy Murray said it very well in San Diego. When tennis players and stars of the game, they play tennis, they win tennis matches, they win big tournaments, you want to be talking about that. To be honest, I've had one of the most incredible seasons a young guy's had in probably the last 10 years, winning the Olympics, two Masters series and four tournaments. And that is kind of forgotten a little bit. So once the situation is over, once the situation is done, we can go back to how it was. And I think that's just about all there is to say on the matter for now. Make of, make of that whatever you like. Everybody will have uh, have their response to that. Um, David's got two puppies playing on his lap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I quite like Neville. <laughs> Neville Neville's, I mean, I love Billie Jean, but Neville's quite uh, sanguine. Yes. Very different energy. Very Neville. different energy. He's got a, a, a quiet sort of regality about mm. him. Mm. Indeed. So on to on to not quite so serious matters, um, but I suppose serious in their very own special way. Andy Murray has hit the headlines uh, with a video posted last night in Indian Wells after he had returned to his hotel room, stating that following a series of events involving some very smelly shoes, his words... Not mine. In order to de-stink his shoes, he left them underneath his car for the night in Indian Wells. Hmm. This is again a... Everyone's going to have their own opinions <laughs> about this. Left them underneath his car for the night because he'd had them in his car and they'd stunk out the car. He didn't have a balcony in his hotel room. So he thought the only way that he could de-stink his shoes was to leave them under his car for the night. Neglected the fact that he attaches his wedding ring to his shoes while he's playing. The shoes got stolen by quite the jokester, whoever <laughs> whoever it is, wow. Uh, and that, that thief now has Andy Murray's disgusting tennis shoes and his wedding ring, and he has uh, got himself in quite a bit of trouble. He's put out an, an appeal for help. Um, my main takeaway from the whole affair was how on earth is he in the situation where he's in Indian Wells with one pair of tennis shoes. He describes in this video having to go to the to a pro shop to buy new shoes. Mm, it's madness. Madness. 31 minutes ago, he posted an update on Instagram to all the people asking, I didn't only bring one pair of tennis shoes with me. I travelled with three pairs to California. I left two pairs underneath the car. And the third pair is worn out from San Diego matches and practice. Well, I would still say two, two pairs. It's just nowhere near enough. 
I packed for this trip, I brought like extra pairs of underpants. (laughs) Yeah, you always over cater. And there was no need to do that. It's just what you do. It's what, absolutely. (laughs) And you're not, your success at your profession. Has nothing to do with my underpants. Yes. But thank you all very much for that information. It's, it's, it's an insane situation to be in. And if you do have only two, two pairs of shoes, definitely don't leave them both under the car. <laughs> I mean, I'm still waiting to see if this is a prank. The more it goes on, is, well, he, it's, just, is he It's on the BBC it? News. He's, so if he's in deep if it's there's a prank. Look, egg on be, faces if it's a prank. He has been in that position before when he announced that Ross Hutchins was going to be his new coach, and that got reported on Sky Sports News mm. on, the, on the ticker bar. At was, the was that on April Fool's Day? Yes. Um, and it's, I believe, not today. Um, but uh, he, he was sort of smirking a bit through the video, wasn't he? Yes. But mm. I think maybe that's. I mean, that is his humour. That's his humour, isn't it? And just sort of sheepishness over his own silliness. <laughs> yes. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So that, that's the developing Andy Murray shoe wedding ring situation. No resolution as of yet. Um, that's that's Neville playing with a a faux packet of chips. <laughs> um, so on to on to tennis matters. 
Uh, the draws have both been done. I mean, the tennis is underway. The, the tournament started with women's matches only on Wednesday. The men's tournament gets underway today, Thursday. As we come to you, David's confiscating the chips from Neville. <laughs> Putting things up high for the sausage dog. <laughs> it's cruel, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, the draws, the draws, <laughs> the draws have been done. Uh, both the men's and the women's. They were done on different days for reasons I will never understand. The reason seems to be tennis just can't just do a draw properly, mm. right? Well, with no silliness. Well, the WTA event started. A day before the ATP event. Even that I find questionable and odd. And anyway. even so, you can still have the draws at the same time. Mm. Yes. You know, there's no reason not to. Agreed. As far as I can make out. Agreed. The draws are... Where should we start? Which draw do you find more interesting? Women's draw? Apart from one section, yes. Uh, there's one section in the men's draw in which Andy Murray's in, which um, also features Alcaraz and... Jensen Brooksby and Alexander Zverev and I find that just just very interesting mm. uh, just loads of good matches in there but generally speaking when you look through from top to bottom in the draws I mean this is not a new thing um, but the women's draw from head to toe is just packed full of names interesting players players with storylines players who've got something a bit different it's just chock-a-block, really. And the, and the men's without, obviously, a lot of big names. Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Dominic Team. It's, it's got fewer of them, really. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the overall, the women's draw is more interesting, I think, anyway. I think this tournament for the men's feels like a real culmination, actually, of what's been gradually happening in men's tennis over the last couple of years, which is the younger players taking over at the Masters 1000 events. Um, They've already won five of the Masters 1000 events this season, so over half. And since the big three, big four have been around, that has not happened before. The big three, big four have kept dominating the Masters 1000 events. Um, But now we're in a situation, Indian Wells, all of the top ten seeds in the men's draw are under 30. Um, I think Medvedev is the oldest of those top 10 seeds at 25. You know, it's a much younger draw. It's players like Medvedev, Berrettini, Tsitsipas. They're the ones we're going to be talking about because Djokovic isn't here. Nadal's not here. So it does feel like um, a sort of shift is happening at this level of events. You're trying so hard not to say changing of the guard, Matt. (laughs) It's like... um... Is it just a minute on Radio 4? We have to mm. talk about a topic. Yeah, without saying the topic. Mm. Yes. So they're sort of banging on the door, aren't they? But until they break through at, at the slams, and obviously Medvedev's just won the most recent slam, I don't think we can use that phrase, changing the garb, because it won't be a true one. But it is happening at this level now. Djokovic has made it pretty clear he's not that interested in Masters 1000 events anymore. Federer's not played one for a long time. Nadal is injured at the moment. So this is their time, these, these younger players. This, this is the level of event where it is all about them. So a Masters 1000 changing of the guard on the men's side. We're, we don't usually talk about bookmakers on the pod, do we? We have a, we have a um, you know, we don't take betting sponsorships. We, we, we don't like to, to push 
sports betting. It's not to judge anybody that partakes in it. Um, but but we don't we don't like to promote it here on the show. But we have been we've been looking at some of the odds for for Ian Wells this week, sort of just reaching around in curiosity about who people see as the favourites on both sides, really. Um, and Medvedev is a, a clear favourite in the men's, which I, sp- I suppose you have to have him as that. He's won a hardcore Grand Slam a yeah, few weeks ago. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. But, but, but does he feel like a clear favourite to you? Yeah, he does, actually. I, I think he does, because who's, who's next in line? It would be Zverev and then Tsitsipas. Well, you've picked Tsitsipas to win, though. Yeah, I have, but that's because, you know, I think that I might get lots of points for it. <laughs> um, this, it's not worth picking Medvedev, that's the truth. No, because the odds are pretty short. He's he's a very clear favourite. Yeah, but but, but Medvedev, is, Medvedev feels, right now, kind of like the best player in the world, really, to me, is, on the men's is, side. Is there is, not a big risk of a letdown? Though? Well, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because we, we haven't had that many new Grand Slam champions in, mm. in men's tennis over the last 10, 15 years. So what will it do to Medvedev? I think that's a big mm. question now for the next six months, year. Yeah. And look, we've seen with Dominic Team. there's lots going on with Dominic Team. By the way, a positive update, I think, from Team, who is the defending champion at Indian Wells from, from two Gosh, and a half years yeah. ago, uh, to say that he doesn't need surgery on his wrist. He, uh, he was told that by, by the specialists looking after him, and that's, that's good news, I think, for Team. So hopefully we'll, we'll see him back strong again in 2022. But look, I think winning, a, winning his first major title did have an effect on his motivation for a bit. That's and a good point. kind of how he saw himself as a tennis player. That he, he achieved the big goal, and then kind of what next? I, I, if I had to guess, I do think it might affect Medvedev differently and positively and I, I do expect him to be to sort of build on it and win more Grand Slam titles but you know we're going to find out it's it's exciting because finally he's in he's, he's in a new position Medvedev. Yeah. thing for me is I feel like he f- sees that as that was the, the the underlining of his status rather than the making of him and the ultimate mm. I think mm. he felt that he should have already done that really and that he thinks it's, and I, and I'm not saying that team didn't doesn't expect to win more, but I think that there was such an exhalation for him when he finally scaled the mountain. Well, we'll find out. I may be completely wrong, and we may well watch Medvedev have a dip now. I don't think that's going to happen. How many genuine contenders are there for the title? Why am I why am I saying genuine contenders when what I mean is who's in the mix? Quite right. Well, I I think um I I picked Sitzpass partly because of the conditions I sort of feel like the um, as we'll hear from a bit from Andy Murray uh, talking about the heavy balls and also the lively conditions and, and all that sort of thing uh, of the air and everything will suit him quite well his top spin but I have no idea whether for sure I think loads are in the mix Ooh. on the men's side yeah I mean Okay, Medvedev's in a different place now, having just won the US Open to where he was in Miami. But look what happened in Miami when Djokovic and Nadal weren't there. We ended up with Yannick Sinner versus Hubert Hurkacz in the final. Hubert Hurkacz, incidentally, is my pick for the title. Mm. Mm. I think Djokovic not being there changes things. It really does. It, It opens it up so much. Interesting. So a mix of many on the men's side... I don't agree with that. 
You still, you I, think? I think Medvedev is a heavy favourite to win, and I would, I would actually look at it as about four players. I'd be surprised if any of the others won it. That is the definition of the mix. In okay. fact, I'd I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd put no. As, I'm all with Matt. Which one? I expect a. What do you mean? Like, which player? Which player is in the mix aside from Medvedev, Zverev, and Tsitsipas? I'd put Berrettini. Berrettini. I'd put Sinner in the midst. Hercatch definitely. Hercatch has played well in Indian Wells before. Loves America. He's just. I know he had a letdown in San Diego, but the turnaround was incredibly quick. I'd still be surprised if any of them won it. Hercatch has already won a, a US mm. hard court title in hot conditions. On yeah. the Masters level it this was, year. That surprised me when he won it, and it yeah. surprised me again if he won this. Okay. I think that's how I look at it. It's, well, it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. So how big is the mix then on the women's side? Massive. Um, I mean, most of the draw, I, I feel like, almost. Because, because there are so many good players, that's not... It's the opposite of denigrating the strength of the field. It is the sheer strength of the field. And that's why, I mean, you were talking about uh, bookmakers. The reason we brought it up is because Emma Raducanu is the bookie's favourite to win. Now, that's bookies in the UK. I don't know what that's like the rest of the world. And I think if you are in the UK, she won the US Open. She's a big deal here. People put money on it and therefore it shortens the odds. That's, that's how the system works. But to put her as... The favourite to win a title. Overwhelming favourite yeah, as well. Yeah, when with the players that are in this draw, and and, the, and I mean, I don't know whether those odds really took uh, notice of her actual draw, her road to it. Now, she's due to play Alexander Sasnovich on Friday night. And if and that's a tough enough match as it is, who's already, who will have already won, a, has won a match last night, 6-love, six 6-4. Six um, and whereas... Redekana comes in with a bye. I always think that that puts the player with the bye on a bit of a disadvantage because mm-hmm. they haven't had that match play. Hate buys. Um, and then second round, she'd likely have to play Simona Halep, uh, a third round rather, so her second match. Simona Halep, a Wimbledon champion, a French Open champion. If she wins that, it's likely to be either Petra Kvitova or Victoria Azarenka, two more Grand Slam champions. She didn't face any Grand Slam champions at the US Open, and that's not to do her achievement down in any way. She beat who was in front of her, very, very good players, and she thrashed them all. So, look, can Raducanu win the title? Well, if she plays like she did in New York, then yeah, she can. But I don't, I don't see her as the favourite for the title. No chance. She's never played in Indian Wells before. Everybody talks about it. I mean, it might just so happen that she loves the conditions. They completely suit her game. You know, I remember Daniela Handikova talking about that. She just rocked up in Indian Wells and went, oh, this is for me, and, and won it. I'm not sure it was her, her first time out, but um, one of the first times she played, she was a surprise winner. It just, she just felt like, yeah, this was made for me. She might feel that way. But the majority of players find Indian Wells a real adjustment. Mm, yeah. Um, and don't just take to it, even if they... They learn to play in those conditions. Well, it's um, always been a bit weird on the outside that Andy Murray struggled for several years 
uh, in any Wales. Now, he, he did have some results there, but he explained it away. He's also lost to Federico Del Bonis there. Yeah, I mean, and, he, and, he, and not just him, like a series of players yeah. that you... And, and at a time of year when you thought he's coming in, he's had some time, he's mm. had the week before because he's a seed, he doesn't play till the middle weekend, and he's been losing to all sorts. And he was always in good form in that period because yeah. his Miami results were yeah. always really good. It was a conditions thing in Indian mm. Wells. And what he said in the presser... Um, he was asked by Russell Fuller about those conditions and what it was about it. And he said, actually, the conditions have changed just this tournament. He said, the balls used to be extremely light and that with the thin air and the the lightness of the conditions in that regard, he always found it really difficult to control the ball. Um, he said, this year, they're much heavier and he likes heavy balls in fast conditions. So he, he seems to be really keen on what he's got. Uh, and he's got Adrian Marinino in the first round. I know it gets harder for him after that if he were to win it. But all due respect to Manorino, that's one of the better draws that yeah. you know we've been talking about. He could do with a break in a draw. Um, relative, that relatively, section? that's a break, isn't it? So Mari plays Manorino and the winner of that plays Alcaraz. Oh, wow. Um, mm, want. That would be... A really another really good test because he's faced Hercatch twice. He's faced Kasparud. He he's not been able to get these guys yet, and even though he's played okay. Good test for Alcaraz as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, who we've not seen since the U.S. Open, have we? But he he obviously uh, had fitness concerns at the end there. I saw he played an exhibition where he oh. beat Juan Carlos Ferrero, which whew, that's that's good news. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's passing a very strict fitness test. Um, yeah, that that's very interesting from Andy Murray. Mm. I mean, right? So in the mix? No, not in the mix. <laughs> not for me, anyway. In Matt's, um, well, your mix is one. Matt my Murray mix is in the three. mix? No, Murray's not in my mix. I, I would be surprised if if Murray won mm. Indian Wells, just based on the fact that he hasn't. <laughs> You know, hasn't had a real deep run at a tournament for a long time. I, mm, I yeah, don't think his tennis same. has been pretty good. But. Same. I'm being playful. Sorry. Sorry for my facetiousness. Uh, so uh, how surprised would you be? To, personally, I would, see, I would be very surprised to see Emma Adekanu win this title in Indian Wells. Yeah, so would I. So which I. I guess takes her out of the mix, which seems really disrespectful to her. It's not because I don't think her tennis is good enough or that she can't win Indian Wells in her career. She probably will. She she could very well. I just I think it. I just think it to expect be, her to pick up where she left yeah. off mm. is for an eighteen-year-old to to pick up where she left off and winning a Grand Slam as a novice and just go and do it all again at the ne- very next tournament. That would be very surprising to me. She was at the Bond premiere less than a week ago. You know, it's not been... To to pick up where she left off after the most bizarre, wonderful, but bizarre and unsettling three weeks of of life that, you know, you could really imagine for an 18-year-old, I just think is... It's... Too much of an ask for anyone, especially with that draw. I, I do expect it to play well. I don't expect it to be a sort of oh my god, shock horror, um, dr- dramatic thing. And if I it just, is, that's all right. That, well, yeah, <laughs> really, isn't it? It's. 
I mean, I don't want her to get, have an awful experience, of course not, but I think that we will find out again a little bit just about how where she is and and how she's handling the sort of because the thing with the coach is that she's trying she wants to get used to tour life and playing week to week and i i'm interested that she's playing indian wells and then she's at least down for the very next three tournaments back to back that's okay maybe that's something to do with the wta finals i have no idea really how how dedicated she is to trying to qualify for that but even just in terms of getting used to tour life that sends a bit of a statement mm. that she wants to now try to start figuring that out mm. and doesn't want to make a sort of knee-jerk coaching decision before she's got a feel for the demands of of tour life and whatever other conversations are going on behind the scenes um matt you've picked muguruza for the women's title is that accurate that is accurate. We'll see if it's she accurate. Would, she would be who I would probably go for if mm. I, I'd, I'd pick Sid Sebas. But on the women's side, I would be, go with that. But I wouldn't. I don't feel like I do about Medvedev, for instance. Mm. I just think there are loads of players who you could feel quite mm. could have a really good case. Ash Barty's not here. Naomi Osaka's not here. It's interesting looking at the top four seeds. If if I had to sort of blindly say who the top four seeds in the women's draw are, I don't think I would have come up with Karolina Pliskova, top seed, mm. Iga Sviontek, second seed, Barbora Krejcikova, third seed, and Alina Svitolina, fourth. Uh, obviously, Sabalenka is out as well due to her positive COVID test. Um, you know, they've all they've all had good seasons in in quite different ways. Obviously, Krejcikova winning. Roland Garros but it's it's almost the next two players that are more in my mind as sort of really in form at the moment with Garbinia Muguruza and Maria Sakkari mm. but that that speaks to what you just said earlier David you know you go down these seeds the depth and the potential in this women's draw is extraordinary um 16th seed is the defending champion Bianca Andreescu wow and you know she Again, it's it's a little bit like with Andy Murray, I suppose. She's not had a run at a tournament, mm. so I probably would be surprised mm. if she managed to pull off Indian Wells again. But then that is sort of her career. Mm. She's not necessarily needed a lot of runs for her. She's for had, her best she's had a bit of time with Sven Grunewald now, hasn't she? It'd be interesting to see whether that bears any fruit. Well, she spoke about him in her press conference, and I found her fascinating in the the pre-tournament press conference um she was asked uh, by the journalist chris oddo um about her memories of two years ago and, and that kind of thing and she actually said i'm trying to i'm trying to get used to not living in the past and thinking about how i used to play mm. all the time because that was ruining me she said Gosh. you know that it was kind of really difficult for her I think to cope with the fact that she couldn't or at least she wasn't playing like she used to play and so I feel like she's had to really work her way through that and uh, Rima Bilal followed up and, and asked her to talk about that a bit more and she said that she she wants to look at the videos so she's watching the videos to remind herself that she can do it and to give her that feel good factor and to try to harness that but the meditation she does is is designed to sort of clear the negativity about the kind of why me? Why has it happened to me that for the last year, I mean, okay, 
the pandemic as well, but that she's had so many injuries and she hasn't been able to regain her form that she had before when she... And that's another thing that we'll watch out for with Raducanu, that, that for Andrescu, everything just suddenly came so straightforwardly in terms of winning Indian Wells and winning US Open. And you kind of felt like, well, this is always just going to happen. Even from the outside, that's how yeah, it felt. Because we'd never seen a loser yeah. tennis match, had and we? And so it would be pretty hard for her not to not to see how it couldn't go right each time. And then suddenly it didn't go right lots and lots of times. And I think that she really struggled with that. Yeah. Just on that, I, a couple of weeks ago, uh, in desperate attempts to sort of cling to the magic of the 2021 US Open, uh, Amazon Prime had, had created an Emma Raducanu section in their, on their platform. So you could go back and watch all of her recent tennis matches from the US Harcourt swing and I went back to watch her defeat to Zhang Shuai in San Jose oh, right. because I'd never seen no. Emma Raducanu lose a completed tennis match oh, she yeah. she retired against Isla Tomljanovic I wanted to see you know try and you know why did she lose that and then start winning everything what was she doing differently and look I'm sure Someone with some someone with great technical knowledge of the game would look at it and you know have a different assessment to me. But what I was most struck by with how was how completely similar it looked to all of the matches that she won, and it was just a mi- reminder of the fine margins of tennis. You know, she was the same tennis player playing the same shots, and okay, f- few more of them are going out than in, but that's p- pretty much the size of it. Yeah. You know, the margins are so small. Um, she didn't, you know, suddenly add an extra 10 miles per hour to, per hour to her serve in that time. Or, you know, she, you can you, you can lose tennis matches for no reason other than the person down the other end of the net is, yeah. is better than you. I think that's very well put, the, the fine margins. I don't think we, unless you watch it closely, if you watch matches closely, you can see that sometimes. But you can sometimes look for easier narratives than mm. that mm. Uh, to, to explain away something when, when often it's so close. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've seen really great players, you know, certainly in this modern era, go through tough times. But they're probably never as far away as you think they are mm. from getting it back. You know, if we, if we went back now to watch Novak Djokovic... At Roland Garros in 2018, where he lost to Marco Cecchinato. Okay, there were probably some elements of his game that might look not quite as good as his game does now. But you'd probably think, gosh, I mean, he was still Novak Djokovic. He's still really good. Like, it's just <laughs> yeah. a, a, it is a small margin. And when they, when they flip that switch and they get it right, it suddenly can turn so dramatically and so quickly. Mm. Um, and, you know, and I guess Andrescu is, you know, I, I believe Andrescu is capable of being a truly, truly great tennis player. So, yeah, maybe she's not as far away as as it can seem. And I find that is fascinating about mm. wanting to, you know, to not live in that past and not, not she compare kinda, herself she to that past. She kind of does and she doesn't. That was the thing. Mm. It, she was trying to get the good the vibes feeling. from it. And as though she'd flipped it. Mm. from what she had been experiencing play, over the last mental mind games with yourself isn't yeah. it it's she's had a year i think of of just trying to trying to feel what trying to wonder why her and why mm. it's never not 
not going like that anymore. Why can't she produce that tennis? And uh, and the press conferences were really interesting over um, over the weekend. Not all of them, just little snippets of things that people were having to say. Like Coco Goff was was saying that she'd she'd started to set time limits on her phone for how long she was allowed to be on it. You know, so the apps didn't work for nine hours of the day because she didn't want to be on it anymore um Leila Fernandez was very interested in talking about having um a team around her and I, I loved her turn of phrase she said my team enables me to concentrate on my craft which I thought was a lovely way of putting it really that she's so dedicated to the sport and she and they enable her to do it um, but she also, I felt she shone a little bit of a light on what it is like for these young players who sacrifice the normal things that people of their age would, would do. And she said that when she went to that Met Gala, she was doing things she'd never done before. She'd never dressed up like that, hmm. like, like as if she was going to, she sort of called it the homecoming prom. You know, she doesn't do those things that the kids were doing. She said, that's the first time I'd ever worn, I mean, it might sound a pretty vacuous thing, but first time I'd ever worn high heels. You know, would might have done it at those sort of events, but, you know, um, yeah. And, and actually she said that she... She came across, uh, Rima Bilal said, have you, have you spoken to anybody to try to get a bit of advice about what your, the situation you're in now as a player who's had this big breakthrough and what to do next? And she said she actually crossed paths with Maria Sharapova at that Met Gala. And Sharapova, she says, I'm going to keep the details to myself, but she gave me a lot of advice on what it was like for her winning Wimbledon and then what happened next. And I thought that's... That's very interesting. Mm. That I never, I don't necessarily think of Sharapova as a, as a mentor. I tend to think of her as a, a loner, really. But I think maybe we've seen some signs of messages she's posted on social media. Two other players who've had a big moment recently, mm. and mm. you know, now she's out of the game. Yeah. More able to, mm. to let that side of herself speak. That's and, really interesting. And those two you've spoken about there, David, Leila Fernandez and Coco Goff. Doubles yes. partners this oh, week. Right? How cool is that? That's great. Mm, we like that. Mm. Um, yes, Indian Wells Day 2 is just getting underway. As we look at the television, it is cloudy. It's 27 degrees. It looks a lot more bearable. In fact, there's a lady wandering around in a long sleeve top. So, <laughs> um, I mean, the stands still aren't full, but it is 11am local time. And we're watching Kirsten Flipkins... Uh, against Caroline Garcia get underway and the winner of this will face Coco Goff in round number two. So I think that's it for your second podcast of the week, second Indian Wells podcast. I think did we talk about Indian Wells mostly on Monday? I know it hadn't started, but it felt like an Indian Wells flavoured podcast, didn't it? Um, And we'll be back with another one on Monday, won't we? Uh, Chris Albert Lee is our executive producer, restored to top bloke. Yeah, right, Chris. Right, Chris. Uh, Billy Jean is sponsored by Billy Jean King. I think she's finally running out of energy. Disappointing <laughs> that didn't happen earlier in the recording. But anyway, we hope you've enjoyed her and Neville's inputs into this podcast. And if you haven't, I apologise profusely. <laughs> oh. and, and do know that minutes were edited out. Yes, please, <laughs> please do know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, this recording's taken two hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, our mascots are Zeus, Scousel Mousel and Rogue. 
And we don't have shout-outs today, but we will have shout-outs again in the future. We're keeping the people on their toes, aren't we? Sign up to the newsletter, do all the things, leave us an iTunes review, and join us again on Monday when we'll be back with another tennis podcast. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.